This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast, powered by the War Report. It's Thursday, and as always, joining me is my guy, Auburn Memes, King of the Memes, and Brandy Mack. Guys, last we spoke, Auburn had no coach. Today, Auburn has a coach. Uh, John Cohen, athletic director, introduced Q Freeze as Auburn's 31st head football coach two days ago in the Performance Center. Um, Cohen gave an opening statement and then he handed off to Hugh Freeze. He took no questions, which I found peculiar. So before we get into what Freeze said, let's talk about what Cohen said. He said that Auburn performed a detailed search, right? And he felt, I mean, I'm paraphrasing here, but he, he felt like, you know, they did their due diligence, essentially. He said that in not so many words. But... um how do we feel about the due diligence that Cohen claims he did while not taking any questions about said due diligence? All right, I'll jump on this one. So first of all, I just want to say like a year from now, I can't wait to go back and listen to our uh, Lane Kiffin episode from last week and get some like yeah. really, really good laughs. Oh my goodness. <laughs> RIP to RIP to those hopes and dreams and that wonderful episode. But due diligence wise, what you've got to really think of there is, what was the timeline of this? To do adequate, <clears throat> um, I clear my throat to say the difference between do and do because very, very uh, different words there. But to do your accurate, that's a really tough sentence, to do your accurate due diligence, that takes time. Yes. So that really tells you if this whole, let's just pretend all the reports were what they were reported to be and it was like, mm-hmm. oh, Lane Kiffin didn't happen on Friday. Hugh Freeze happens on stirrings of Sunday nights, Monday. Well, they didn't just turn this around and do a 
48 hour due diligence complete search in that time. This has been something that had been going on for weeks, if not months. And that really. Okay. But, Beans, let me interject a point here. Does that back up um, Cohen's statement that they started, they ended where they started? He essentially tried to sell that Hugh Freeze was the top candidate the whole time. I don't know if I'm buying that, but like, does that go along with the narrative that it was Hugh Freeze? That was that was about to be my next point. It, it could <laughs> not be because if it was lane, lane, lane all the way pivots, unless you just had massive teams just background searching every assistant head coach in America that possibly could have taken this job, you really had to have had a lot of steam to put that much that many resources to that whole deal. Because like I said, even if it was a week, if it was two weeks, like that is generally for like a detailed background search of that level and magnitude, that takes a little bit longer than that. I mean, if you go and do a background search, like if you're an Uber driver, it takes longer than that to get back. So this has got a little bit more high stakes than your average Uber driver. So this really does make me think that whenever these balls started rolling, that had to, just for the timeline to make sense, that had to have been one of the early moves that they did, which, as you mentioned, leads us back to that statement. Mm, Brandy, what do you feel like? Uh, was was were we just getting the okie doke from Lane the whole time? I don't think we were, honestly. Um, I do think that Lane was their top target, um, and obviously that didn't work out. But also at the same time, I'm I'm not entirely sure. I felt like they were closed lipped about the whole thing, but maybe they actually weren't because they did hire somebody that was literally on everyone's hot boards. So, um, you know, I'm. I'm not entirely sure I'm buying that they uh, finished where they started. Um, but, you know, you got to trust in Rich McGlynn because I'm sure he had played a big role in helping with that due diligence. So um, it was nice of them to like come out and say, you know, hey, we did do this. Um, what that looks like, I'd, I'd be curious to see, but I know that we won't get that. Right. Now, listen, I was at the press conference and if they had let him take questions from the media, I would have asked Jim, Jimmy Sexton um, represents both of these guys. So Auburn's top two candidates had the same agent. Uh, so if we didn't get okie doke by Lane, we may have gotten okie doke by Jimmy twice. Uh, but I, I think I would have asked, you know, why all the smoke around Lane for it to be Hugh the whole time? And could they have announced somehow announced Hugh earlier? I know he was at Liberty and he was finishing the season. Um, you know, there were just a lot of questions I had about like why Cohen essentially went this route and then didn't take any questions because people would have been like, you know, hey, so are you saying that Lane was number two on your list the whole time? Yeah, I think right? they, I think they definitely wanted to make the press conference more about the new coach and not necessarily about the search sure, sure which is fair which is fair um but i think he's gonna have to answer some questions about how the search went down at some point um they made some statements i thought his opening statement made it clear that uh they weren't going to address any of the salacious stuff at this press conference in any kind of detail so uh they introduce two freeze he comes up he said a lot of things guys you said a lot of things. Um, I felt at one point, it felt like we were sitting in a church service for about 15 minutes. You talked about faith and family and, you know, about what Auburn is and the Auburn creed. And just, you know, we talked a lot about Brian Harson not being a good fit. 
for Auburn. You know, did Hugh Freeze successfully sell that he is going to be a good quote unquote fit for Auburn during his press conference? Yeah, I mean, I think he said all the right things. And I think that he already has some pretty strong connections in the Auburn community. So if you compare Harson's press conference to uh, Freeze's press conference, I definitely could say like right off the bat, he's a better fit. Absolutely. What do we think? Uh, good culture fit? Good, I mean, good Southern fit? Like what kind of fit is Hugh Freeze here, Memes? Oh man, I was really trying to get like a a, a pun with fit, and I just didn't I have enough time it. there. I was I like, feel oh it. man, that one that one stops. I was I was really looking for a dinger there. But going to going to the fit, I said but really loud. Apologize for the listeners whose speakers just exploded. But to uh go to, to do a little deep dive into fit, if you take if you just if you just zoom out from a thousand foot view, you take away any of the divisive nature of this hire that how people feel about it, and you just look at the raw. X's and O's of the entire X's and O's of more football. If you just look at the little intangibles of it, sorry, I get my vocabulary mixed up. It is a good fit from the standpoint of what are the boxes that you're trying to check? And Cohen did actually kind of mention that a little bit in his uh, initial press conference or his opener, excuse me. And that was good buzzwords there because you had a lot of those were very hot sticking points for people who were anti-arson. I hope everybody would be anti-arson, anti-arson, <laughs> and felt like fit was one of the biggest issues with him at Auburn. So the deal the deal there would be, if you just look at the boxes here, like all right, SEC experience, probably the biggest box. Wins at the level, knows how to rebuild at this level, knows how to recruit at this level. He is from the South. This is Kobe McLean. Said, God dang it, Kobe Hudson would be thrilled about that. The guy's from Oxford, Mississippi. He knows the recruiting ground down here. He's got that cute little, like, a lovable, like, well, hey, everybody, it's Hugh. Like, just kind of moxie to him, which that's just that people like that down here. So if you just look at all of those things and just look at it from this that surface view, knowing the people, knowing the culture, and just the thing that he, he most definitely, the whole idea of love Auburn and love you back he can definitely love Auburn in the way that people are going to resonate with. And then all the other stuff seemingly would come to follow. So, yeah, I mean, the fit aspect of it, I don't think anybody was ever denying that. I mean, if you're just looking at that one aspect of it, he would be legitimately probably the best fit in the entire country outside of Gus Malzahn. Right, right. Now, during this press conference, he was asked about Robbie Ashford specifically. Our guy, Nabias Wilborn with AL.com, asked a question about working with Robbie Ashford. And um, he was high on Robbie. He was high on Robbie. Robbie was at the press conference, by the way. Um, and I quote, he's got me intrigued. Um, I think he has a gift. To, uh, I think I have a gift uh, to help develop quarterbacks. So he bragged on his quarterback development skills a little bit. Is Hugh Freeze's tenure at Auburn going to be defined by the success or lack thereof of the quarterbacks under his tutelage? That thousand percent. Yeah, I was going to say, like, absolutely. That's one of the things that he's known for. That Another thing he's known for is his offense. So, yeah, I absolutely think that it's going to be defined by um, the quarterbacks and just the offense in general. Can I go, well, can I go to a quick rant on quarterback development? Like, absolutely. So Do it. Just if you go back, we'll just even kind of start at the beginning of the Tuberville years when you had the stuff with you know Leard, Cobb, and Campbell and all these guys, and then going into Cox, like there wasn't just like this nice, like 
I mean, really outside of Brandon Cox, there was like, I'm coming there, I'm a red shirt, I'm a city year, maybe play some garbage time snaps, and it'll be my time, and I'll kind of get better and better, and then I'm a senior and hoorah. Like that type of quarterback development, which you sort of expect is Auburn never really had. You had Cox, you had this drop off in 08, you had the Cody Burns, Gimpy shoulder, Chris Todd, and then it's like, oh, finally, we got a Chris Todd, good shoulder in 09. Chris Todd was a transfer, so it really counts. You weren't really coming in from the like a high school developing the way up. I mean, all the f- good quarterbacks that Auburn's had for the most part were all transfers. So like you just haven't seen the dream of like get a kid from high school, let him sit and develop, have him play and then get better year over year and graduate. Like that just very normal quarterback progression Auburn has not seen in an extremely long time and it's just extremely stressful when you just don't know. And I mean even in Robbie's situation it's like you had a guy that was brought in who was last year spring summer and even beginning of fall beginning of the first two games was not going to be the starter. Like that was not his job. He was a backup quarterback that was thrust into it. I would say given all the circumstances, done a very good job, Mm -hmm. great feeling for the future there, but it was not your just normal, like, Hey, we're going to watch this guy a day and I can't wait to watch him in the spring. He is QB one. Like this hadn't happened like that in a while. People are just like kind of craving something like, you know, granted it's the Auburn storyline. It is, it is the Auburn roller coaster, but like just a little bit of consistency, which has made people feel like, Kind of good for a change. Yeah, listen, um, quarterback is going to be extremely important. We now know that Robbie Ashford played most of the 2022 season with a sprained AC joint in his throwing shoulder. Uh, there were weeks where he didn't throw it all during the week. Um, he was quoted as saying that I woke up in so much pain but and couldn't sleep and then had to go out and play a game the next day. So uh, he was a war, I think, a healthy Robbie Ashford paired with Hugh Freeze could be a dangerous combination. Now they opened the press conference guys before all of this was said. They thanked coach caddy and announced him as associate head coach. Uh, and he also, um, he praise on to Bruce Pearl. Uh, and the direct quote was Bruce Pearl is teaching a masterclass and how to get people to buy into a program. Um, what do we think about Hugh? first moves being number one retain caddy and number two you know acknowledge the guy on the hardwood that's doing the job that a lot of people hope he does you know on the football field yeah I think that was definitely like a good call by him to to take note of what Bruce is doing because that's a beloved figure on um, Auburn's campus in the Auburn community and family so I think yeah I think that was definitely a good call to to mention to mention that um and yeah I think I think like there's an aura to Bruce that like a lot of people really love and it's kind of nice to see that like he recognized that and, you know, maybe, you know, take some notes from Bruce because why wouldn't you? <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, Caddy, the standing ovation was almost, it gave me chills. Um, now I'm media, so I did not stand up and clap, but I watched everybody else stand up and clap. Uh, I was clapping in spirit right here in my heart. <laughs> Uh, for Caddy. Uh, so he was there. He accepted that very graciously. Um, was, but, I think that was a great first decision to keep Cadillac. Um, but that was going to be my next question. What do you, do we really believe this was his decision or was he told that, Hey, you're going to keep him and this is going to be his position. That's a, that, that's, we're getting a little Q and on with a capital. Yeah. Hey, that's you a, that's a loaded question, but I think, I think both can be true. I think that he could have been told, Hey, you're going to keep Cadillac. But at the same time, I think he also could have, turned around and said 
you don't even have to tell me I want to keep him. Okay. Fair enough. So That's true. I, I kind of, I kind of think it might be a little bit of both, especially the way that Hugh Freeze has kind of adapted his offense over time and used his running game. I, without a doubt, I think it was probably a combination of both. Yeah. No, I, I would actually probably agree with that. I mean, I would be absolutely shocked if there were people who were influential decision makers in the entire process that leaned strongly into that. But also, too, I could see Freeze being, I just don't have any objections. Like, win-win, let's go. So probably a little bit of both. That's a safe answer. Mm. Uh, Hugh Freeze, you know, obviously, and I don't want to dodge, you know, the obvious drawbacks to this hire. There were some some social media and some actual scandal around this hire based on his actions in the past. But Hugh talked a lot about family. Um, and, you know, I thought, I don't want to say he used his family, but like he definitely, his mentioning of his family, I think softened the blow. Like, hey guys, I, I'm, I'm kind of acknowledging that this stuff happened. My family has forgiven me and accepted me. Um, so I feel like, eventually others will too now he was asked by a reporter um you know um what does he think he has to do to get to, to you know to get into good graces of those fans who have reservations and he said just give me a chance give me a chance to show you uh i want to ask very specifically to the two of you what does showing those people mean what does that look like I'll go go ahead and start off with this since I was somebody who has um, kind of expressed on social media how I felt about this. Um, I think it does take a lot of courage and, you know, putting your pride and ego to the side to at your introductory press conference, um, just, you know, come straight out and say, basically, like, give me a chance and let me earn it and not Mm -hmm. coming out and like demanding it from us. So I actually um, commend him for for saying like that exactly. So um, and as for what that looks like, actions and time, uh, that is what it's going to take for for that to come. Um, Trust is something that is earned and not just given. So I think what that looks like in terms of like time timeline, I'm not sure. But as long as there's not any type of off the field personal scandal during his time that's going to smear our university that we love so much or potentially hurt just people in the community. Um, if there's nothing like that and he leads these young men to become better men, then I think that can go a long way to mending the bridge and and kind of making some of us feel better about the type of person that he says that he is. Uh Brandy, that sound means you could chime in on this. That sounds a lot to me like just don't mess up again. Don't do it. Don't embarrass. Don't embarrass us, and then you know we'll get over it eventually. Like, yeah, I'll jump on a take for that because I mean, I I truly do believe that that was probably maybe the most important thing he said during this press conference. Okay, and let's be real, like the the past is the past, and it should stay in the past. But there comes a point to where you do have to acknowledge what's going on. I, you can acknowledge, but don't have to dwell. Mm-hmm. I appreciate him for not hiding from that because he knows that is out there and he understands the risk that he, that he has to take and that follow him through those decisions. And I think there, it was approached with a level of humility as well. And I think going back to a little bit of Brian Harson, one of the criticisms that a lot of people had of Brian Harson is they didn't feel like he was maybe the most humble person in the world. Well, I think the way that Hugh Freeze approached that had a little bit more of 
a humble aura to it saying like, right. Hey, I get it. I'm not making any excuses here. It is what it is. We're not going to talk about it. I'm not, we're just going to, we're just going to do it and we're going to do it right. Just, you don't have to say much more than that. And that was one of my biggest reservations. I'm not worried about the cloud. Like I said, past the past, there's no need to beat that with a dead horse. A lot of people have mistakes that should not have to follow them forever. If they turn around and do the right thing. Now we don't know if that's ever going to happen. We all hope it is. I would trust in the due diligence process that we cited earlier that Cohen said that that will end up happening. And just like Brandy said, if everything stays in the past and there's no mess ups in the future, there's no hiccups, there's no controversies, there's no stupidities, there's no anything other than just running this thing completely above board and being a great figurehead, a leader of these players and a great representative of Auburn. And there's nothing else that comes out like everything that's happened happened. There really should not be anything to worry about. But as Brandy said, like that's going to take time to build that trust. And I appreciate the way that he he handled that because he's not just coming here saying like, "Hey, I'm your coach. You got to follow me no matter what." Like, "Hey, I get it. Just let me show you." And that's all that you can do. And just have the patience with it. And continuing at that path, things will typically work themselves out. Time does heal a lot. Mm. Guys, there, I agree with that sentiment that meme said. Mm. Guys, there were two narratives that were kind of out there prior to this hire that Hugh Freeze addressed uh, head on. Uh, Number one, Greg Sankey would not allow him back into the conference. Hugh said that was news to me. Uh, I have never heard that. I've been told that by Greg. I don't know where you got that from, Joe. Uh, He also um, addressed another reporter's question about relinquishing control of his social media accounts. Um, uh, this was an opportunity. He took this as an opportunity to make a lighthearted joke, but he said that's not true at all. Although it probably would be smart. <laughs> um, you know how did these how did these narratives get out here? And I mean, listen, he didn't mince any words. He's saying that's not true at all. These two things that people thought that were spreading around to kind of disparage his character are just not true. Like, how do these things get started? And like, how does he prevent this from? happening again with people you know spreading around things that are essentially have not been confirmed because memes correct me if i'm wrong it was 40 who reported uh the social, the social media, media account thing yeah and i mean that's a big time name right yeah, that's there a yeah national columnist so who no love lost um, i think with the this the sankey part of it i think saban tried to pursue hiring hugh freeze as an assistant or an analyst in 2018. Um, Oh, yeah, something along those lines. Saban tried to hire him, and I'm not sure how what went down there, but I think there was some kind of narrative that Sankey said no, so Saban couldn't hire him. Right. But we all know Sankey lets Saban do whatever he wants. (laughs) Sankey's daddy (laughs) is Saban. Good jab. That was incredible. Oh my goodness. That's funny. Um, As for the other thing, you know, part of me actually, I know the media kind of spun that in a way where they're like, well, like I, you know, obviously it's not true, but they're like, I can't believe they would let him run a football program if they're not going to let him run a Twitter account. Well, it's not true. One, but two, I actually, if they did, if they were doing that, I actually saw that as Auburn doing something in a positive light and kind of being proactive instead of reactive in terms of managing risk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of saw it either way. I kind of saw it in a positive light, whether it wasn't true, 
I think it's a positive thing. And even if it was true, I still thought it was a positive thing. But here's something I liked about that. And it's about time this is happening is Auburn is finally trying to control their own narrative and something that they have just been letting get out of hand for years now. And I don't know if maybe like this PR firm, which it seems like they haven't contacted anybody with any sort of like public relations tactic for the countless things that Auburn's dealt with over the last few years that would require like a little bit of like, hmm, maybe these aren't great optics to do right now. Like, hey, instead of just assuming, hey, we know it all, let let them talk, like control the narrative, grab it by the horns and snuff out the noise just by one single sentence and then bam, it's all gone. And it was just like, that's all that that was. It was like, yeah, that wasn't true. The thing about the social media thing, as he said, unless, like I said, the source is actually lying about it. Yep, that wasn't actually correctly reported either. So it's like you had two things that were out there, one more recent, one that had been in the air for a long time, and you snuffed them in one introductory press conference, and that's that. Do more of that. Easy narratives that just say, hey, here's the answer, done, next. And I think right. people would sit a lot better. And on top of that, um, I'm using a really good buzzword here, it would build rapport between fans, media, and then the coaches of the brass or whoever, the behind the scenes at Auburn. It's a, it's a win-win for literally everybody. Guys, yeah, these narratives, I mean, they just have to stop. And I think people need to be careful who they allow themselves to be influenced by, particularly on Twitter. Um, I think human nature is the first thing that you hear is the truest. And sometimes it's hard to backtrack in people's mind after they read or hear something and then decide that it was true. And now, you know, somebody's on the defensive, essentially trying to defend themselves against, you know, something that was completely made up. So, um, you know, probably the best question of the press conference came from this super handsome dude that asked about play calling, you know, whether Hugh Freeze was going to call plays. Now, I really like this guy. I think he has hella insurance. Um, And Hugh Freeze gave an interesting answer. Now, I think there would have been an assumption that, of course, he's going to call plays. And he said, he answered by saying, I've called plays my whole career. However, there are some guys out there that we're looking at that may be better at it than I am. Man, I think I can help with their red zone offense, and maybe they can help us with everything else. Like, you know, does what are the chances that Hugh, Hugh Freeze doesn't call plays this, this, this coming fall? Well, my thought on that, maybe this is a little bit more deeper diving there. I think that was, um, I don't think it was like a shot or a direct reference to, but what I heard is... Hey, y'all had a, there's a lot of drama there with Gus of, I got him a call plays. I'm going to give it up. I'm going to call it. I'm going to give it off of like, okay, so maybe n- not that he was potentially thinking of Gus or anybody behind the scenes was thinking of Gus, but I guess it was kind of refreshing to be like play calling drama was a massive cloud that followed Gus for the last four years of his tenure at Auburn. And I guess it was really nice to be like hearing somebody who could keyword here adapt if need be like, Hey, if I'm not the best at calling plays anymore, and there's someone better, I will happily relinquish that. I think a ton of people would be happy to hear that, given the history that we had with Gus and play calling. So, And then I think the other thing, too, there, much more minor, would be some of the offensive woes that sort of followed with Brian Harson and maybe some of the stubbornness to adapt, which could be a little bit looked at that way of Gus, too. Like I said, I think looking that way at all is, the, I guess, the lack of stubbornness to surmise it all probably was very refreshing for a lot of people to hear. It was refreshing for me to hear, saying, hey, if you know someone's out there that can do it better, and it is a system of absolute advantage where you say, hey, I'm better at this, you're better than that, let's trade 
skill sets to make a better product as a whole. Little uh, micro econ lesson right there. Mm-hmm. Bam! It, it's great. It, it's good. I like that. That that was a highlight for me. Brandy, kind of sticking here. The, the most disappointing thing that could happen in all this Hugh Freeze stuff is is that we hire an offensive coach and then lack an offensive identity, <laughs> uh, which is totally what happened with Brian Harson. You know, what do you think about? you know, his system and, you know, what he's going to be able to do with Robbie. And, you know, based on what Cadillac achieved at the end of the season, do they lean more into the run or do they run a traditional Hugh Freeze offense? Yeah, you know, I think it's actually going to be really interesting since we do and always have had such a really strong running back room. But I will say Robbie is literally the exact or very similar to a very good quarterback that, Freeze coach at Liberty that is now in the NFL, very similar play style to Malik Willis. So I know that has to be exciting for Robbie. Um, And, you know, I think we're going to see a a really interesting offense and I think we will have an identity. What that looks like. I have no idea because he's, he kind of has that dual threat that that's in Robbie, but then you also have such a strong running back group with, um, you know, Jeremiah Cobb's going to be coming in and obviously we have, Jarquez Hunter there. Um, So I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, The good news is our schedule is like very easy next season. Like, I mean, I've never seen the Auburn schedule this easy in a really, really long time. Like it's very, it's a very cupcake schedule. We're probably going to get roasted for it um, throughout the season. So I think it's going to be an easier first season for him than the, than a lot of prior head coaches in their first season have had. So I think that's going to be really good for an offense that had basically no identity this last season. So that should be good from a rebuilding standpoint. Mm, Memes. What do you think? You know, um, is this going to be more of a traditional Hugh Freeze offense or, you know, based on what Caddy was able to accomplish at the end of this season, does it come up with some hybrid version of that based on the personnel? Like, you know, uh, it felt like Harson was determined to run his system regardless of how it fit the personnel. Hugh Freeze do a better job at adapting what he likes to do to the players that he has. Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think if anything with Hugh Freeze, you can say he is adaptive. Uh, it's not just a one-dimensional type of philosophy. I mean, he does have his style that he runs, which I think is a little bit of a sexier brand. I think Auburn people will be refreshed to see out there. But it's... And, and even like going back to the answer he said, like I think he's very willing to understand. Like, hey, if it doesn't work, we're not going to down this hill. I do not think I couldn't be proven otherwise because I saw what Harson was doing. That he was going to be willing to die on that hill. Like, hey, this is our philosophy. We got to execute it. If we're executing it or not executing it, something's not working. We're going to change. I feel like Hugh Freeze would be Hugh Freeze would be more apt for some of those changes. And but yeah, I mean, worst case scenario is if you have an offensive minded coach and you get a good offensive coordinator in, and this thing stalls out. Uh, you might see Auburn people just seeing um, if they can smash their head through doors. Mm. It's going to be interesting to watch and see how he handles this. Um, you know, uh, in closing, Brandy, I mean, you were pretty outspoken about this about this hire on social media. You know, people had concerns. Uh, Hugh Freeze addressed to some extent, some of those concerns without digging down into the weeds. If 
you are somebody who had concerns about this hire. How well do you think Hugh Freeze addressed that? And do those people feel at least a little bit more comfortable or willing to give him a chance after this press conference? Um, you know, I think right now it's too early to say either way. Um, I will say he did put his pride to the side, like I said earlier, and he asked people to let him earn his trust, not to just give it to him. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing for me is questions for Cohen more than anybody else in this situation. And then just questions about his contract. I think something that would put myself and maybe others at ease would be letting us know, you know, there's some type of morality clause or something along those lines in his contract. Um, essentially, the university recognizing what has happened in the past and understanding mm-hmm. that it is a risk and we need to mitigate ourselves against that risk. And so I think that would be something that would at least like help put some people at ease and at least make us feel like the university heard us, saw us and understood our concerns. Um, I think that's, I think that would go a long way and at least like, you know, basically recognizing like, Hey, we know this is a risk and this is why this is a risk. And yeah. And as, and as far as for him, like, like he said today, he has to earn our trust. And so let him earn it. Mm, memes. Where's thoughts here? Uh, this is going to be actually kind of like a completely different 180 angle of situation. And one just hadn't been talked about a whole lot. And maybe it is just not a moot point. Cause everyone loves to say it's all monopoly money. It's not real, but I do. Part of me kind of wonders if, just from the brass of Auburn and the decision-making with Cohen, if the fact that out of all the candidates, top to bottom, that Hugh Freeze by far, unless you went and got some very obscure uh, positions coach at another school, like the financial side of this, the fact that his, you said contract made me think of that, the fact that his buyout from Liberty is only $3 million, you're mm. paying him $6.5 million a year, which nowadays is pretty cheap for a coach. Like the money side of it is not, a lot comparatively what it could have comparatively what it could have been to grab some of these other coaches from other schools that had massive buyouts, et cetera, et cetera. And that was uh, when we talked to some of our Mississippi state brethren about Cohen, uh, Twitter friend of us, lounge dog, he'd always say, uh, and it's kind of his, his old lounge dog voice that, you know, Oh, Cohen, man, he's a, he's a penny pincher. So maybe that's just him cracking a joke on their former AD. And he said nothing correct this year. He said nothing but good things about Cohen. So that was this one little, one little quirky thing about him that can be good. And a job that is budgeting is important. So not trying to make a passive aggressive jab at Cohen, but I do wonder how much money could have been a factor in this as well. On top of some other things angle that hadn't really been hit. Mm, Listen, uh, the money is an interesting topic. I think we'll cover a later date when we get more of the contract details, certainly. Uh, But to both you guys' points, I I think that past actions are redeemed through current actions. So we'll be watching to see, you know, what he does both on and off, on and off the football field. Um, You know, if he's winning, uh, all will not be forgiven unless there are no negative storylines or or, or or public storylines to go with that. So uh, whether Auburn fans are giving him a chance or not, Auburn football has given him a chance uh, to run the program as the 31st head football coach in Auburn, Alabama. And um, hopefully, you know, this works out for all involved, um, including all the people who will eventually follow him to Auburn. 
Guys, I want to thank Auburn Memes and Brandy Mack for joining me here on the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report. We will be back next Thursday uh, to talk about some recruiting and possibly uh, some playoff talk. What's we know? Who's going to make the playoffs? Will Alabama backdoor their way into the playoffs? Uh. Brandy, Brandy hopes not. <laughs> but we'll get her thoughts next week after we know how that's going down. I'm Mike G. We're signing off as always. War Eagle. War Eagle.